Yeah, I'd like for you to turn with me today to Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, I want to share with you some something uh, that the Lord put on my heart. And then, uh, then he spoke to me uh, afterwards. So I'm going to share that with you. And then we're going to spend a little time. Um, so I'm going to be fast. Fast and furious, I promise you. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, the scripture says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. What great comfort comes from the thought that he never changes. However, the context of this statement, according to Barnes' commentary, is not necessarily about that he personally in his character never changes. It is contextually about what he does. So if you back up a few verses, you will see he says, or the scripture says, we can boldly say, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 6, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then it goes into Jesus Christ the same, yesterday and today, today and forever. And so the Barnes commentary basically says the early Christians, they're having their property seized. They were suffering loss on the right hand and on the left. And so they were in trouble and they were having problems. And so it wasn't becoming a Christian meant they're immune from everything. You know, sometimes in our modern world, we think becoming a Christian makes you immune to everything. The early Christians, they were not immune to anything relative to, they were hated, they were despised, they were persecuted, their property was seized, they were killed. These people were suffering, and so in the context of how they were suffering, this word comes, I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the Barnes commentary basically says, this is a direct application of, these, uh, of him being the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's a direct application of the verses, when you're in trouble, I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. What can man do to me? And it's referencing back to the reputation of God. Not so much that we know God is good. He never changes. His goodness never changes. God is powerful. We know he's powerful. His power never changes. He is holy. We know he is holy. His holiness never changes. But this is referencing to how he helps. I've not changed in how I help. So I want us to look at the, what they would have known about how God helps. What would have been in the scripture in the Old Testament of how God helps? God is my helper. What can man do to me? Then follows Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was present with Moses when he lifted up the rod and the sea split. So if you have a sea in front of you, I want to declare to you today that Jesus Christ is the same as he was the day that Moses lifted up the rod and the sea split. He is the same 
yesterday, today. And we don't even know what's going to be in the forever, but we know it's going to be good, good, and better, better. So that same helper, when you're under stress, is the same helper that was with Moses when it was like, Enemy behind me, water in front of me. I am stuck between a rock and a hard place. What am I going to do? The devil is breathing down on me. God Almighty, what am I going to do? I read about this guy I've been reading about. And he said, he went and took a day to pray. He had three big jobs in his life. And he laid those three jobs out. And he was asking God, which one of these am I supposed to give up? Which one of these am I supposed to give up? He was pressed. He was stressed. There was enemy pushing at the back, water in front of him. What am I going to do, God? And the Spirit spoke to him and said, Hold your nerve, son. So I want to say today, hold your nerve, Shekinah people. Hold your nerve, whoever you are. Stand, and having done all, stand. Because the same God who stood with Moses, and absolutely when Moses lifted up the rod, that was just the staff of his work. For Mike Bracken, it could be a grinder. He lifted up the implement of his work. This is going to land and get highly practical. This, I, I promise you, because he's, I heard a prophetic thing this morning. I, I love God. I hadn't heard it, and I was going to go to the to the Ingalls, and I said, hey, Jimmy, I'm going to run over to Ingalls, and Blah, and get blah, blah, blah. And he said, Jane, do you really have to do that? You have a lot of things to do today. And I thought, oh, gosh, I'm going to England. Then I thought, no, Jane, chill your case. He's, he said, do you really have to do that? No, okay. I sat down in the chair. I had not been in that chair two minutes till the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me in the prophetic. And I said, oh, I'm so glad I didn't go to Ingalls because there ain't no spirit of prophecy running around there and you can't buy it in a package. So <laughs> he was present with Moses when he lifted up the rod. He'll be present with you. Lift up the implement of your work. I love it. I love those pictures on Facebook of Robert being the mailman and carrying the packages of Tammy that's selling stuff on, is it on Facebook or Oh, gosh, I don't even know what all these things are, but it's the coolest thing. And so she packages things up. People shop in the night, and she packages them up, and Robert is so precious. There he is, and he always poses with the packages. And I'm like, oh, God, what a man. And so nothing stops the mail. Is that spelled, is that spelled M-A-I-L or M-A-L-E? <laughs> nothing stops the mail. Anyway, so hold up that whatever is the implement of your work when you lift it up the one who was with Moses when he lifted up the implement of his work his staff that one will be with you and that is what Hebrews 13 says I am the same as I was yesterday I am your helper what can man do to you that's a good word straight up right there it's a major promise that I'll be with you. As I was with others in the past, this is a promise. Eat it. Take hold on it. It's going to be uh, better than lunch because it'll last past lunch. This is a major promise. I will be with, as I, as I was with others in the past, and as I have promised to give you an eternal future, 
hear the word of the Lord. So I am with you here in the middle. As I was with them in the past, and as I promise to be with you in the future, I am with you right here in between, in the middle. Hallelujah. I will be your helper. As I was with Joshua in the Jordan crossing and when he was conquering the land, so will I be with you. I am the same angel that was with Moses and I am the same commander that Joshua took his shoes off for. Do you remember when Joshua was praying what to do, what to do? You know, these people used to pray about what to do, what to do. We just go headstrong trying to figure it out. I mean, that's, uh, that's human nature. I'm not saying we or la la. I'm talking about myself, really. Go, oh, figure it out, figure it out. So here is Joshua. Don't know what to do, don't know what to do. He goes out. The Lord comes to meet him. He meets the Lord. And he said, are you for them? Or are you for me? Are you for them or are you for us? And the Lord said, neither. I'm for myself. Take your shoes off. I got some instructions for you. Get weak there. You're a man of battle. Go barefooted. Who wants to go barefoot into into war I mean oh lord I used to go barefoot all the time when I was a little kid oh my gosh I would go barefoot when I was a wee little kid it was hot in the summer I would just strip off a mother was mother said Mr. Stapleton next door would yell Grace she's done it again because <laughs> I never came in the house I love to be outside and love to be barefoot but I would not want to go into war and face a war barefoot and so he weakened him from his own personal strength of being the mighty warrior of God and said, take your shoes off and listen to me. I've got some instructions for you. And then the commander instructed him, I want to tell you today that the same Jesus Christ that was with Joshua when he crossed the Jordan, when he faced Jericho, when he faced Ai and lost, when he moved forward and took the land. That same Jesus is with you today. So when you meet him, don't say, are you for us? Are you for them? What's with it, Jesus? Oh, you ought to know he is on his own side. And he has declared that he will be your helper, member of the body of Christ. I will help you. I will help you. What can man do to me? I will help you. I'll tell you, the same angel that was with Moses, the same commander that was with Joshua, the same prophet that was with David as he sought direction to go after his enemies. I'm telling you right there's the trifecta of conquerors. And he was with all of those great conquerors. Moses brought them out. Joshua took them in. And King David took them in further. He conquered the Jebusites and took Mount Zion. And in that height, he pitched a tent 
where the presence of the Lord was without all the trappings that they had to go through to get in there. And he set singers and players on instruments and clerk typists. Mike's seen a clerk typist angel. We, he, well, they were praying for a fellow who was, had a job that was just held up, and Mike saw an angel typing. And that fellow's job came through the next day. It did. It came through. The, it, was, it was a federal job. What does that tell you? <laughs> what does that tell you? That was a federal job, man. Uh. <laughs> so, but Moses, when he brought them out, and they came out, and they're in the wilderness... Moses had this tent of meeting where he would meet with the Lord. And Joshua, what did Joshua, Joshua was his sidekick. He was his, his, uh, his fellow that was with him. And so when Moses would go out into the tent of meeting, Joshua would be out there with him. But what would Joshua do when Moses left? He stayed he hung out there where the presence of Jesus was. He got to know the presence of the one who came and stood in front of him, hanging out in the tent of meeting. And so then David set up the tent of God's presence to always be there without barriers and always there for people to enjoy the presence of God. It is God's purpose that we know that Jesus is our helper in a mighty way and that he has called us to be in his presence. And so there he was in the highest place, singers and musicians and clerk typists who worked around the clock. There were 24-7 people. They were going around the clock recording what God had done, this week I recorded, I watched the first time, this is the first time that I know of, that some, something tried to advance on Jimmy's foot that backed up. And it backed up this week. Between Monday and Friday, it backed up. And I was like, whoa, that is a cool thing. The Lord is his helper. And so God who saved them, each step of the way, is promising here in Hebrews. These three men, Moses, Joshua, David, God helped them. He stood with them. He told them what to do. And David's like, I don't know. Should we go? Should we, should we go get back everybody that they took at Ziklag? Should we go get it? Should we go? And the Lord instructed him just how to go. Each step of the way, God would instruct him just how to go. That same God, that same Jesus, is saying in Hebrews 13, 8, I am the same now as I was then, and I am your helper. Verse 6 and 7, the verses before, 5 and 6, not 6 and 7. I am your helper. I will never leave you. I am the same today as I was yesterday with these conquerors. I will be the same tomorrow when you face the unknown elements that try to freeze you in place today. You don't know what tomorrow has. 
But I can promise you the devil will threaten you with what's ahead of you to try to get you to freeze in place. But the one who said I was with then, I will be your helper. He is your helper now, today, and into the future forever. I will be your helper. I am your helper. Oh, it's bound to happen. You know, the Lord delivered Kim from from the flu so she could sing today. And she said, what am I going to do with this Kleenex? I said, just Velcro the box of Kleenex to your leg, Kim. And then you could just reach down. I might just try that. If I think I'm going to be crying when I'm speaking, I'll just Velcro a little box of Kleenex and I can just rip them out. That's practical. (laughs) In this chapter in Hebrews, I want to read on. Verse 9. Don't get distracted with all kinds of weird doctrines. This is my pet peeve. My total pet peeve is weird doctrines and things that people come up with that make the gospel complicated. I just want to go, stop it. It says, don't be carried about with all kinds of strange doctrines. It's good for the heart to be established with grace. We have an altar, verse 10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Now, take note of that verse. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. They can't eat there. We have an altar that the people in the Old Testament cannot eat at at the altar we have. They have no right to eat at that altar. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin or burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. How many of you love reproach? How many of you like to feel like you're ugly and awful and strange and have reproach nobody wants reproach but jesus received reproach and he had to go outside of the gate of the city to be the sacrificial lamb of god though god laid out the patterns for the where the lamb was to be uh, sacrificed and all of those things but no he's outside the gate he had to go out there and bear reproach because he was despised And so he goes outside the city to be the sacrificial lamb, despised, rejected of men. For here, we have no continuing city, so let's just seek the city that is to come. Where the enemy tries to focus you down on what you've got to have here, and you've got to have this, and you've got to have that. God is calling us to put our trust in him who will help us and seek the city that is to come which is an invisible thing. We haven't seen it yet. We don't know what it is yet. 
whatever it is in your heart and in your life, it will have Jesus as the captain of it and as the great shepherd of the sheep in it and will be the light of it as Revelation describes the new Jerusalem as it comes down. But I believe now while we're seeking after God, Abraham sought for something he could not see. He sought for something God built. God is building something here. He's building something here. You can't see it, but he's building something here. He's building his church. He's building us. He's building in the invisible realm. Therefore, to him let us continually, verse 15. Now, verse 10, put a little mark on verse 10. Put a little mark on verse 15. Therefore, to him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And then it says, cooperate with the people that God has set over you in the, in the church. We focus on that. We think that's the big thing. I'm telling you, the big thing in this verse is the sacrifice of praise. <laughs> it's the breakthrough that comes in the Spirit. You'll never be able to cooperate with anything in the flesh. It's the breakthrough that God gives in the Spirit through praise that causes that flow of uh, unity to come. The unity is in the Spirit. So this passage of Scripture basically says seven things. I am with you. I never change. You have an altar, a provision that others cannot eat from. Suffer your reproach outside the gate. Go to him there and fellowship in his sufferings. Number five, offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Number six, do good and share. And number seven, respect leaders and be cooperative, which you guys are champions at, I'll just have to say. Um, but I want to focus... On number three, you have an altar of provision that others cannot eat from. In the Old Testament, the priest who ministered in the tabernacle, their actual provision for their life was the sacrifices that they were offering. There were certain sacrifices. There was... Uh, Meat, grain, wine. There were the things that the people brought that were the sacrifices that they ate from that altar. We, we don't have that altar. We don't eat from that altar, and they can't eat from ours. The altar we have, they can't eat from. Verse 15. Let us therefore offer. Let us therefore offer. This is our altar. Let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Giving thanks to his name. This is your altar from which you can eat. And the word of the Lord came to me, Jane, your provision is in your praise. 
Hear it. Your provision is in your praise. This is the altar we eat from. We eat from an altar of thanksgiving and an altar of praise. We don't, and so we say, oh, well, okay, how's that work? Thank you, God. Suck that back in and swallow it. As we are faithful and as we give ourselves in thanksgiving and as we give ourselves in praise, the provision that you need, the breakthrough will be in your praise. I want you to think right now the provision that you need. What provision do you need? I want you to say, God, I will eat from the altar that I'm sacrificing, the sacrifice of praise. And my provision is tied to the sacrifice of praise that is coming out of me. It's hard to praise when you're staring down some huge financial deficit. It is hard to praise when you're staring down a a life-threatening situation. It doesn't like... Someone I, someone I love and care about got a, you know, we have a friend who had a really bad diagnosis, and then this week, someone else, someone got a, a bad diagnosis. And th- they were stunned. I mean, just like, oh, I don't, this is frightening. This is... What do you do with this? What do you do with this? I don't know what to do with this. Praise is the door. Praise is the provision. Not the praise of the happy. It's so easy to praise when you're having a great day. It's a wonderful thing. Everything's going my way. Zip-a-dee-doo-dah, zip-a-dee-ay. Woo! My, oh, my. It's a praising day. That's praise. But I want to promise you the sacrifice of praise is when you lift up your heart in thanksgiving and thank the Lord when something is happening that is wrong and cross you and, and not good and somebody's sick and, and there's financial trouble and the, someone's not serving God and going the wrong way. How? That's the sacrifice. And so I heard the Lord say, Jane, your provision is at that altar. In verse 15. They were eating at another altar in verse 10. And they can't eat from ours. And some Christians go back and eat from that. But I I won't be in that crowd. Because Jesus Christ has been sacrificed. His blood has been shed. There's no further offering for sin. Everything has been done. He bore the reproach outside of the camp. Everything has been taken care of and everything has been done. And so I want to invite you today to stand in the face of the thing that you need provision for and lift up a praise. So let's stand together. Um, We're not going to do... A music for this, but after we do this, I've asked Sam to play a song that I love, and if, uh, it's called I'll Run to the Father. 
because this is what you do when you're giving a sacrifice of praise. You're running to the Father. So I want you to, in the face of, what do you need provision for? Now be thoughtful about this. What do you need provision for? What do you need help with? Think about it. Bring it into your heart. Bring it into your mind. What do I need help with? Where do I need you, Jesus, the helper now, the one who stood by Moses and Joshua and David? Where, where do I need you? You said you would help me. And what kind of provision do I need? Think of it. The song I'm going to ask Sam to play in a second has in a, a line in it, My Heart Needs a Surgeon. Sometimes life gets so hard, your heart just needs a surgeon to get in there and work on you and, and extrapolate the things that are, are hurting you. So I want you to get it in your mind. And whether you're a person who's loud or soft, I don't care. I'm not looking for yelling or nothing. I'm just saying out of your heart, <laughs> out of your heart, with in front of you, the thing that you need provision for, I want you to thank the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. You are my helper. <laughs> you're not just a helper. You're a present helper. You're there. Here you are. Present helper, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, about every circumstance, I give you praise. I want you to give, give him praise. Think if you, owe, if you have a, it's, oh, I know what, IRS opens tomorrow. They start processing stuff tomorrow. So if, if you have tax things, if you have um, medical challenges or whatever you might have that you're staring down, put the amount of it in front of your mind. I've got a medical thing, so put the amount of it in front of, of your mind and say, I give you praise, Jesus. <laughs> I give you praise, Jesus. I thank you. I lift up the name of Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. He's the captain. I lift up the name of Jehovah Sidkenu. The Lord is my righteousness. I lift up the name of Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. I lift up the name. I lift up the name. I praise Jehovah Jireh on this altar of sacrifice of praise. And everything that's a barrier in front of you, you think this thing is never going to happen. Put it in front of your face and praise Jehovah Jireh. Praise the captain of the Lord's host. Praise the one who is not far away. He is with you. That same Jesus, the one who split the sky, that same Jesus, he is walking by. That same Jesus, that's the one. Don't be afraid. Just say, hey, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.